Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. Driven by Monganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Let's get in that YouTube chat and let's talk it over. And let's really work on each other today. I want to see people focus on getting to know each other. Let's celebrate that which brings us together, not that which divides us. Let's celebrate that which divides us via the Air Comfort Service text line, though. 314-399-9646. That's how you can get involved in the show. And maybe a mic drop. Maybe Stephen Wildwood has thoughts on the Fighting Tigers because we are nine hours away from the kickoff for Missouri against South Dakota. Jackson, an excitement level 1 to 10 for you. 10. Really? I love the start of Mizzou football. You know, Randy Carricker and I just did our little podcast where he's walking out and I'm walking in. And I said, wasn't it in the 1970s, Missouri was playing Alabama? They weren't in the SEC then. Uh, And USC and Notre Dame and Ohio State. Imagine if tonight they were playing... It doesn't have to be Ohio State, but, you know, Kansas State. And I realize, and I want to make this clear because some Missouri fans may get hypersensitive to what I'm saying. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. But it's like, yeah, the season's starting, and I'm excited, but I can't put myself at a 10 because they're playing South Dakota. But I am excited for college football. And as odd as it might sound, I'm a little more excited, I think, to watch Florida and Utah tonight than I am Missouri and South Dakota, assuming things go as expected. And I've got Missouri 38, South Dakota 6, if you want to play that. It's I up to you if you want to play seven. I got 35-7. There you go. Do with it what you want. 38-6. Yeah. to six. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I, I was thinking this on the way in to work this morning. Into balloon party or into TMA? Uh, driving on uh, Highway 64. Interstate 64, Highway 40. Thank you. uh, Westbound. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? It is really awesome that I have this connection to the University of Missouri. My fandom is so strong. It burns with such a passion. And I feel like often, like, it's in vogue to be like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm a fan, but, like, I don't really care. Like, if it doesn't go right, like, it won't affect my day. No, damn it. It will affect my day. If I, Missouri were to lose. Well, it would ruin me, but like... It just, would ruin you. But just in general. Now you know 75% of the people listening to the show right now are polling for South Dakota just because of your statement. That's fine. Keep that same energy come November. Um, but what I'm saying is wow. like... Well, I, I'm just saying like, it is like really... It's a good... Like if you are a big fan, whether it be the Cardinals, Blues, Missouri, Illinois, slew basketball, it doesn't matter. Like if you're a big fan and your day or your mood is affected, like embrace that. Like 
it's cool to be a big fan of sports. Don't let people tell you it's like weird. Look at this, this positivity from Jackson. Don't let people. Everyone. Yeah, don't let people shame you. Like, just, if you're a fan and you really bleed the colors of your team, embrace it. Look at this. What a message of positivity on this program. Right. You can still be rational and you know understand realistically what the expectations can be, but it doesn't change the fact that you can also be optimistic and want your team to win no matter what. So that's what I say. Look I say, you. don't be indifferent. Be passionate. Wow. They might play this in schools across the country. If they knew what they were doing, they right, would. Right, I agree with you. Uh, Jackson's uh, passion is on display today because the Little Piddles half and half mm-hmm. has seven questions today. Seven questions. Seven questions. We've never done this before. I know. This is bold. Part of that is because the host of the program doesn't have the time management skills to allow for seven questions. <laughs> right. And uh, we got this also. I'm watching the doggies last night. Sure. A little strange because they got the man advantage and all of a sudden we're in the, what, 75th minute and it's scoreless. And I'm going, this is problematic. I was talking with my compadre, at Prod Joe, on the Twitter tweets. The producer Joe. Joe. Thank you. Hasn't produced TMA for a decade, but still known as Producer Joe. And he's a big soccer guy. And I go, what do you think about the game? And he goes, oh, the atmosphere last night was was tense because people were thinking this might not work out. It was unlike anything else at City Park that I had seen. Then they broke through. They wind up winning 2-1. to one. So, you know, Taylor Twelman was supposed to be on the show on Tuesday, but he had to bolt from, uh, I gather, he was on the Gulf side of the state. Hell, I don't know. He was in Florida either way. And it uh, changed up his travel plans, so he couldn't join us on Tuesday. And I'm up at 5.30. And uh, like uh, most St. Louis U High graduates who haven't retired, it, it, uh, I guess 50 is the median St. Louis U High graduates retire just because it's gone so well. Uh, we're up early mm-hmm. and usually signing people's checks. And Taylor's up, so I know he's up. And I text him and I said, hey, I know you couldn't come on uh, Tuesday. I said, but uh, how would you like to come on today and talk about that win last night? And he said, here's the situation. My nonstop to Boston got canceled, so I got to stop over in Atlanta, and then I'm flying from Atlanta to Boston. I, 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 I don't know what he's doing up there. Right, right. Probably JetBlue. I think it might have been JetBlue. And he said, but here's what I do with ESPN, and I'm going to let the people behind the curtain of the industry right Love here. this, yeah. He said, text me the questions, and then I will send you the answer via voice notes and that's what I do with ESPN plenty of the time. And we can have the interview that way because you're on doing TMA. He's a big HD2 guy. Right, he knows. Yeah. And uh, and he knows I'm doing, you know, that in a, in a closet next to a, a thinly walled. Yeah, audible bathroom. Yeah, I mean, the urine streams we hear on, on our show are phenomenal. Really strong Larry David-like streams. And I said, uh, well, that'll work. So he sent the voice notes over. And we will have Taylor Twelman brought to you by Together Credit Union with the help of technology at yeah. 1045. That's what we got for you. Yeah, it's almost like hologram Twelman. Yeah, like two-pocket Coachella. I yeah. think that's what it was. Yeah, it's the same technology. That's correct. So he will appear via hologram in the studios here. Yeah, it's really cool. No, it's exciting. Well, we're living in exciting times, Jackson. You've said it so many times, and I'll echo those sentiments. And we started off here by question one of the Little Piddles. 
Special edition college football kickoff half and half brought to you by the Angry Beaver. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. We'll get into Mizzou in the next segment because I got two questions on that. We're two-parter. Gonna, yeah, we're going to go I mean, with I- ILL, I think ILL is going to have a big year. Toledo to kick off the season. And Toledo's got to keep an eye on that. Nine and a half points. I think if I had to, and I got to get odds on this, I think I'd take Toledo in the points and I'd take Illinois to win. I don't know. They call it the glass city, that Toledo. Mm, rockets. Yeah. With STL City, SC, still atop the table and looking to have... Seven points now on LAFC. LAFC with a game in hand. And LAFC is playing Inter-Miami, I believe, on Saturday or Sunday. So that's not going to be an easy task. And they're also the STL City also looks to have cha- championship aspirations. Could we have seen a better way to integrate the soccer club into STL landscape than what the dogs have done so far this season? Furthermore, with most in STL... And those in the know would call St. Louis a sports town. It's almost impossible to shake the loss of two football teams and the designation of a baseball town. Is there truly anything STL can do about that? Or is that simply sports nation simply uninterested in St. Louis's truth around the Rams leaving and the support across sports we show? On the other side of that coin, does the lack of support to a certain extent of local college teams work paradoxically with the previous statements? Or is that more on the universities? I've never heard more words with less meaning than what just took place in the last 50 seconds. No, I interviewed Quinn Snyder a lot. But second to that, could you, could you sum that up? Denzel Washington said to Tom Hank in Philadelphia, explain that to me like I'm a second grader. Is that what he said? Or like a four-year-old? Something like that. Yeah. I haven't seen Philadelphia in a while. Is that right? Yeah. Good? Bad? It's good, but it's temper. Let's you know, settle down a little. Oh, wow. Well, I think Philadelphia is good. Don't give me Jason wrong. Robards, Denzel Washington, Tom Hank winning an Academy Award. Back to back. Bruce Springsteen soundtrack. Jeez. I mean, I like it, but. Wow. Sorry. What should have won Best Picture that year? Would that have been 93? I'll look that up in the break and I'll tell you what should have won Best okay, Picture. Okay, wow. What a great tease, too. So many things happening right now in Balloon Party. So fun to watch a show firing on the soul. It's fun. fun. Multi- multi-tiered question. Could, like, th- is this the best possible option for how City SC could start? And by, by that, that, you mean the Cardinals being dreadful. Right. But even, even without that, like, to be fully into the St. Louis sports landscape, do you think that they needed to be good on the field? Do you think no, they could have simply gotten not. by? Okay. I do not. Not at all. Because I said this on TMA this morning. I'm watching that game last night, and they pan into the crowd, and it's certainly not everyone, but man, I would say three out of four people are in their 20s or 30s. Yeah. How often do you see that in St. Louis sports? It's rare. And I thought that was going to happen. That was my big thing. It's going to be a young, energetic atmosphere. It's going to be different than Blues and Cardinals games. But the atmosphere sells itself. I think the venue, in a way, sells itself. So it's more about the event than the game. And if the team is good, all the better. Cherry on top. I don't even think even the most optimistic of supporters saw this coming. So I think it would have integrated. The issue, I think, is that perhaps it hasn't necessarily brought in those who weren't necessarily fans going into it as much as you may think based on where they are at, as you call it, the top of the table. So what takes place over the next seven or eight weeks, and if they can make a run, then they could start to get people on board who um, would tune in and go, hey, those guys wearing pink? <laughs> That that 
that is how you you really break through. But right now, for the hardcore fans, it's uh, the atmosphere combined with the team's performance and the fact that the Cardinals are horrible. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything else. They're not going to say that publicly, but crap, what else could they ask for? Right. I mean, for real. Well, what, I, mean, possibly, I guess if Messi would have said, I need to come to St. Louis. Other yeah. than that... Boy, well, how, how would that how would that be? Now, yeah, something about college sports. Sure. So I said, Parado- You use the word paradoxically, right? So I laid out that St. Louis gets labeled a baseball town by the masses. When I say masses, the sports nation. It, St. Louis can get labeled a baseball town, even though we know in St. Louis that across the board in terms of sports, St. Louis supports the Rams thing is a one-off, and there's a lot of context involved in that. It was a narrative created by billionaires to make more billions. Exactly. So my question is, do you think that St. Louis will ever be able to shake that? Because when you look at the headline of St. Louis, it's they've lost two football teams and it's a baseball town. Do you think they're yeah, going to shake that? And then when I bring in the colleges that paradoxically mm. work there, is that... So you're talking about a lack of interest in Missouri and Illinois. To an extent. And I'm asking, is that on St. Louis or is that on the universities? Wow. Okay. I like that. Now I understand the question and now I enjoy the question. Thank you. Um, I think I, th- I think realistic. Like, do we talk about like... What do we think of Cincinnati? You know, what do we think of, you know, Sacramento? I just don't think nationally they're talking about. Now, if occasionally it pops up, it would be, oh, they lost the Rams. And if you're old enough, you would know they lost the Cardinals. And if you're old enough, you know the St. Louis lost the Hawks. Right. Uh, And the Browns, if we're really going back. But uh, I I think that St. Louis is a sports city absolutely turns out. And I think if you're in the know in the sports world— that is something that you capitalize on. As far as the lack of interest in college sports, I really think, fairly or unfairly, I compare and contrast it with Kansas City, and I think it's just not apples to apples because at the time you had KU, K-State, and Missouri. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, Nebraska, too, which isn't that far away, all with a bunch of alums in one city in one conference. Right. Whereas here, it's Illinois in the Big Ten, Missouri was in the Big Eight, Big Twelve, SEC. Either way, not in the same conference. And St. Louis, you doesn't play football. So yeah, there were people who went to these schools in the St. Louis area, but they didn't necessarily have the rivalries because they wouldn't play each other in football. Or if they did, it was occasional. And St. Louis, you doesn't have football. So um, yeah, St. Louis just has never had the real interest in in college sports. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think that's a reflection of St. Louis being a poor sports town. I mean, New York doesn't have real interest in college sports and people would say New York's one of the greatest sports towns in the world. Right. A lot of more higher volume of pro sports. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, no, I, I, I don't see that as a, I, do you see it that way? I think it's a little bit both. I think it's a little bit, not St. Louis is a bad sports town, but the, like, embracing one team or the other, I think is part of it. And I think part of it's on the university not doing their best to kind of, I don't know how to say it, but like market their team, you know, essentially that's what you're kind of doing. And college football is so popular, certainly in Midwest and the South and all across the country. It just, it would, it would seem to me like an SEC team and a big Ted team all within driving distance should be like, and I, and I and I do share that, and I feel like this goes back to when I was in school at Missouri, that mm-hmm. I just feel like there's been this disconnect between Columbia and St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, now, oftentimes, when a St. Louis on-air personality says that, then Missouri fans go, oh, it's typical St. Louis media. And then I'm like, well, I went there, and it's 
what I want to see a championship in more than anything else since I've gotten to see a Cardinal World Championship and a Blue Stanley Cup and hell back in the day, a Rams Super Bowl. I know most people in the St. Louis area don't share that enthusiasm for it. But as Kerry Davis said, as a guy who played for Illinois, you you win and it takes care of a lot of that. Yeah. So if they can get to a point where they are undefeated against LSU, then the St. Louis sports world will turn its attention to Columbia, Missouri on October 7th, especially assuming LSU is undefeated. And that game is a night game and you might have college game day there. That's how you that's how you tend to it. Now, that's that could be asking a lot, but it's not asking that much. It's asking to beat K-State and Memphis and Vanderbilt. Those are the toughest asks. LSU is the one that has to go to Orlando and play Florida State this year, uh, this weekend, along with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and, and Arkansas. But if that can happen, kind of like the Oklahoma thing in 2010, you carry that momentum. Right. But in 2010, they took beating Oklahoma the one week, number one team, and then they lost to Nebraska the next week. And I think Gabbert might have gotten hurt, so it ruined that momentum. Beat Kansas to become number one, lost to Oklahoma the next week. Uh, you know, the Auburn thing. Had they won a championship, I think you'd have a lot more people who would be carrying over from that time still fans. But right now, the narrative is, oh, Missouri's bad, so who cares? Right. Illinois is bad, so who cares? I think Illinois is going to cover its win total over this year, part because of the schedule. I think Missouri is going to cover its win total the, over in part because of the schedule this year. I think they almost need like the great eclipse of Illinois football and basketball, Mizzou football and basketball, and SLU basketball all being at least, at the very least, highly competitive. Like all well, three yeah, teams I mean, make the dance. That certainly would be lovely, but I mean, you're asking for all, a whole lot there. Sure, but that, I think that, like we talk about winning fixes all, like that would be the great thing to fix all. And then I but think again, all, they're not playing against each other. You know, yeah, that's, and they're not they're not competing against each other outside of say. one time in right. December. Uh, that, that's why the conference element of Kansas City has created Kansas City as a, as a better college sports town. Sure, um, and for most of the time, St. Louis had three professional teams. Yeah, up yeah. until the last seven years. All right, uh, we still got more, and then we got Taylor Twelman coming up as well at ten forty-five. Lot coming from Jackson in a seven-question. Will Piddle's Angry Beaver half and half. You are listening to Balloon Party. We are on YouTube and one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Let's experience the best of both worlds. It's time again for Little Piddles Half and Half. Presented by the Angry Beaver. A couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acker, and Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. Uh, come on into the YouTube chat. Very hot chat today. Very hot. People are buzzing. Why does this happen to me? I'm a wee little twink boy. I shouldn't crave food like this. That's the most recent post in the YouTube chat. That's nice. That's from Tiny PP. Yeah. Say so it doesn't matter your height or weight. Sometimes you just crave crave some some snacks. Yeah. It says I, uh, I'm craving White Castles. Oh, who isn't? I haven't had White Castles in a while. Yeah. There was we were walking up and down Fremont Street in Las Vegas, and they had a huge White Castle, and I was I smelled them, and I was like, oh man. I don't know what the, cause I was flying out the next day. I was like, ah, that's that's a bad play. It could be a real bad play. But you thought of your great. fellow humans on that plane. I tried to. 
I only peed three times on that three-hour flight, so I felt like that was a, a victory. Oh, nice. I had the over at two and a half. Do we have a question two on this Lil Piddles half and half brought to you by Angry Beaver? Taylor Twelman with us at 1045. Yes, sir. Brought We're to you by Together Credit Union. Friends of the Feather. Yeah. Rescheduling it after the doggies won last night and he had to fly out early on Tuesday. It's, it's, it's a whole thing, but Taylor worked with us. Absolutely. Is it? Is it a- oh, God, we've got to be better. We've just got to be better. We have to be better. It is expected that Missouri will win against the tough bunch out of Vermilion, South Dakota. The Coyotes. Yeah, that's right. But we have been hoodwinked before, Tim. What are you looking to see out there in Columbia tonight that will give you confidence for that over of six and a half wins? Do you think it will be a quasi-quarterback competition with Horn and Cook expected to play? Uh, I was telling you and Matt Rocchio this before the show started that I think the Missouri Tigers' ceiling is higher if Sam Horn is the starting quarterback on September 16th against Kansas State because, and this is operating on the premise that Brady Cook isn't hurt, because that means he will have had to take the job from Brady Cook, and they saw enough and or a lot from him in these two games against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee State. Um, So that... I believe, then opens some things up, perhaps, such as throwing downfield. But that also is related to offensive line. you got to have offensive line to give you protection in order to throw the ball downfield. If you don't have that protection, you don't have the time to allow those wide receivers to uh, clear space. With that all said, uh, I'm anxious to watch uh, how this defense carries over from last year. But the reality is... This is kind of like watching the Cardinals play the Marlins in, in mid-February. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to watching it, but it is kind of, you know, blah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I think with the Cook-Horn thing, and I've talked to you about this, and this is specul- not speculative, but it's analytical when I've seen very little, especially at a horn. I think that Eli Drinkwitz is really high on Cook's avail- ability to improvise. He's very fast. He's good with the ball in his hands when he's running downfield, and that's great to have. But I think his his weakness would be arm strength downfield and accuracy downfield. Where Horn is much more accurate downfield, probably got a stronger How do I arm. Know, though? I mean, That's I the same thing. Yeah, I'm going off of the very limited time he's had at Mizzou and some of his high school stuff. And he's very he's got a big arm. You know that that's not up for debate. He does have a big arm, but I don't think he has the improvis- improvisation skills that Brady Cook possesses. And well, so, the thing is, I just don't think we know. I mean, right? I, and I'm and I'm I'm agreeing that I'm conceding that I am going off of very limited information but if I had to make an assumption on what the situation is currently in Columbia that would be my assumption. That's why I'm anxious to see even though it's South Dakota Middle Tennessee how these uh, two play over the next couple of weeks. Do you have a third question because you have seven questions logic would dictate you would have to have a third. Yeah this is more of a big picture question on fandom. Okay. On the heels of my last question, I want to ask about the state of, or the start of any particular season for fans, especially of college football. We know that parity at the top of college football world is scarce, with only Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State eclipsing number one in the country over the past few years. So why do college football fans enter each season with so much hope? Is it simply the possibility, albeit slight, that they could run the table and be the surprise of the season, see Kansas State or TCU of last season, or is it that gradual progression from irrelevancy to making some noise? What keeps fans coming back each and every year? I think for people who are college football fans, it is uh, in part the experience of a game day. That is unlike anything, and I would actually include the NFL in that. I don't think we have ever really had a true NFL tailgating experience in St. Louis relative to 
even four hours across the state. Yeah. Um, it was just, it just wasn't set up for that downtown when the Rams were here. And I really can't speak to the Cardinals, but I don't think that that was what you have now with the NFL. The NFL wasn't what it is now back then. Um, so I think that's a part of it. And I think it uh, is in part nostalgia of getting together with people that you see during that time of the year. Mm-hmm. And sure, hope, just like any other season. I think you have hope that there is progress, even though they're deep down is a realization that I think if there's only, I think there's only four teams who are plus three digits or less to win the national championship this year. Georgia's like plus 230. Alabama's about plus 500. Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Florida State is lurking in there somewhere. Right. Uh, and then I think they're with Clemson and Tennessee, if, if memory serves off the top of my head. I looked at this this morning. For the record, Missouri's plus 10,000. If you like their chances to win the national championship, throw 100 on that to win 10,000. Uh, so I, th- I, think it's more, I think it's more about that than because you know, somebody is going to lose a game this weekend that they didn't expect to lose and all hell breaks loose. And that is the cycle of beginning the process of complaining and wanting to see a coach terminated oh, yeah. a game into the season. But yeah, I think it's more about the atmosphere uh, of, of college football. I think that's more than, than anything else. Freestyle follow-up. Wow. Improv. Yeah. Freestyle follow-up. Look at Will Ferrell here. That's right. When it goes to 12 teams, how does that change the equation when you're talking about hope? You know, because I think it increases it. Right, I actually think it think. increases it. I think you know, I was I just got done watching the uh, what's the thing on Florida called? Is it Swamp Gods? Yeah, something about swamp. I know that it's swamps in the name. And they lost in an upset, I think, to Auburn maybe in 07. The crazy year in which Missouri got to number one. Yeah. Um, they're like, we're done. I mean, if we lose another game, we're done for sure, and we may be done now because when they played. Ohio State, I believe it was. They were both undefeated. Ohio State or Oklahoma. That's that. That stuff's over now. You can yeah. theoretically lose three games and still be in it. Yeah. And so I don't think it reduces college football to baseball or the NHL or NBA or NFL, where a regular season game is a nothing. But uh, I think it increases uh, interest. I think it'll be a great thing for the sport. Yeah, totally. uh, it's ten thirty three. Need to break. Taylor Twelman's coming up at ten forty five, talking about the win last night and uh, more of uh, the second half of the Little Pills Angry Beaver half and half here on Balloon Party, driven by Mung and Ask St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on one hundred and one ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get all these questions in. Somebody's going right into it. What's question four? All right. Yeah, we can do that. No problem here. Buying time. Just a, just a brief moment of time. Sorry. I'm uh, doing a lot. 
Sports franchises' success is cyclical. Nobody's perfect, and competing for a championship every season is a pipe dream. Fans expecting success every season is good, but it's not realistic. But mm. understanding the cycles mm. is the only way for fans to stay sane. The Cardinals this season are a great example. Years upon years of competition and success, and a serious fall from grace. Psychoanalyzing a fan of a team of a blue blood franchise, do you think expecting the best is human nature or entitlement? Are complaints more warranted based on process over result? Wow. I mean, these are so good. I mean, these are, these are, it's like you're asking me to construct a master's thesis every three and a half minutes. And I respect you for that you. because playing this game is so easy for me. Right. Michael Jordan never really had his Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. And your questions are the closest thing to it. Right. For me. Right. Yeah. I'm like your, I'm your Gary Payton. <laughs> the glove. I'm, I'm the verbal glove. That's correct. Uh, I don't really like, I feel like the words are starting to get thrown around too casually. And one of those words is entitlement. Would tend to agree. Yeah. Cause your generation is called the entitlement generation. Yeah, right. So I just, I don't, th- I don't necessarily think it's entitled. Like that means you expect to receive luxury. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's my attempt at a concise definition of that. And I don't think that's necessarily what it is. I don't think Cardinal fans are necessarily entitled. I really don't. I really don't. I realize that's probably a populist opinion when I tend not to be real populist, but I don't see it that way. I think Cardinal fans see the organization making mistakes that they spot in the moment. Not all of them, uh, but... You know, few people were going, no, I love this pitching staff going into the year. Few people left the offseason going, I really like what the Cardinals did this offseason. So then when you see a season like this and you combine it with, you know, lackluster offseasons over the last however many years you would want to cite, the Arnado deal and the Goldschmidt deal being certainly great ones and high points over the last six offseasons, but you're missing opportunities here by kind of hedging uh, I don't think that's entitlement. I think that's going, you have an opportunity and you're not capitalizing on it. And uh, I think it was Robert De Niro who said in the Bronx Tale, there's nothing worse in life than wasted talent. Is that, is that what is he? I think, yeah. And that was, uh, what was his name? The bus driver. He was a bus driver. He was a bus driver. I can't remember his name. I think it began with an L. I don't love a Bronx Tale. Would you put it on bad, on goodorbad.com? No, it's still good, but... Like, wow. Not in the year my favorite. I like De Niro when he's a real badass, when he's a real grizzled, you know. Was he a badass in Casino? Yeah. Oh he my was. God. Yeah, absolutely. Both Casino and, and Goodfellas might be his most evil. Uh, Raging Bull is a pretty evil character. I didn't ask about Goodfellas Raging Bull because I feel like there's kind of a dichotomy on the character in Casino. He's a bit of a yeah, simp for Sharon Stone. A bit. Oh my God. And uh, he's getting cucked by Lester. Yeah. Jimmy Woods. Jim Woods. And, uh, and then Nicky Santoro's got the situation going on. That pen in that guy's neck. Well, Oof. but I'm not talking about the pen. So, yeah, that's why I was asking if you consider McGrizzle. So question five. Is it four? Is it five? Is it six? Is that a new report? Well, I think my, the second part of the question is also, are complaints more warranted if they're based on the process over the result? We're not results-oriented on this show. We don't kink shame either. Right. We're pro-liberty. Absolutely. I feel like other shows hate liberty and love to kink shame. I think 99.9% 
and that's what Those makes us talk shows cake shame. Yeah, yeah. Put a, I'll put a poll out. But what I'm saying, like, I think a lot of Cardinal fans are upset with the process much more so than the result because I think they've been upset with the process now for a number of years, and it hasn't yielded the result that it yielded this season. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I like that. I'm going to abstain just because of time, hmm. but I also don't know how many people really are focused on process. Hmm. Like Joel Embiid and Trust the Process brought it into the mainstream lexicon of like an Instagram model staring at a rearview mirror, taking a picture, looking for likes, and just hashtagging it, trust the process. And you know, what the hell's that got to do with anything? Like process is a thought process in which you make the right call, but the result is not the optimal result. I.e., I shoved all in with pocket aces in the World Series of Poker and I lost. I didn't make the wrong move because your pocket jacks hit. You trusted the process. I did the mathematically optimal thing. But to go into that goes into a conversation that I think alienates almost as many people as you giving a Las Vegas Aces score. You can hit on that. I mean, Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson are, are hooping, and the fact that you won't address it is upsetting. I don't have the opportunity to do the Sports Center update. Trust me, I tried to get it in my contract. Right, right. Because you need to talk about Asia Wilson and what she's doing on the basketball court. I just court. want more exposure. That's what I always say. Right. Do you have a fifth question? Sure. Why not? All right. Well, for time, the answer to why not is time. Yeah, all right. Ken Griffey Jr. is working the most recent Inter-Miami game as a photographer, snapping pics of the legendary soccer star. Photography is a passion of Griffey's, as he's seen capturing photos on the sidelines of number a number of high-profile sporting events. And Randy Johnson, it's a big 90s Mariners thing. It's like, you, it's like you're reading my mind, Tim, much like his Mariners teammate Randy Johnson, another photography lover who shoots pictures from the sidelines. Firstly, who are some names that come to mind when you think of interesting or unique post-sports career lives? And secondly, briefly talk about some conversations you've had with athletes or others in the industry about how guys spend the, t- the rest of their days after they hang it up on the field? Uh, honestly, I can't think of anything for the former, and I'm trying to manage time because eventually I'd probably come up with something. Um, Ozzie Smith and his love of the game of golf is one that comes to mind to me. David Freeze is now obsessed with the game of golf. At least he was. I know they had a child recently, and maybe that can curtail it. Um, but uh, I, I believe I've told the story before. If I have and it's redundant, I apologize. But I just recall having a conversation one time with Jim Edmonds, and it was something along the lines of people, you know, don't realize or don't think about, and understandably so, and nobody's crying for athletes who've made tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, but that we are competitors throughout all of our lives to get to that point. And then all of a sudden, if we're lucky at like 36 or 37, if we're lucky, because keep in mind, most don't get to 36 or 37. If you're playing a team sport, you know, golf, I suppose, you know, that might happen, but uh, it's just over. Mm -hmm. We don't need to work. And so guys are bored out of their minds, which is how some can get into terrible investments or something that you go, what in the world is this? So it's a, it's a it's a it's an anecdote that probably you talk about not being populist. My God, that nothing could alienate you know. And people saying, "Well, I'm bored. I have too much money. I don't need to work." And I'm not saying looking for sympathy, but it is a mindset that you don't think about. And so that's why you go, "Well, why is he doing that? He doesn't need to work. He doesn't." But he's looking for something to do to keep his mind firing. Talk to people you know who are older and have retired. And then they go, oh my God, I, I'm bored out of my mind. I got I to do something. Might not necessarily need the money, 
but I just got to do something to keep me going. With Sound Story, I don't know how many times I've interviewed somebody who said, I thought I was, I, I, I didn't want to retire. I wanted to keep going. And I, I attribute that to me being as sharp as I am in my 80s, you know? So yeah. uh, I think that that's, uh, that would be my overall, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. is not going, oh, good. I made, you know, $700 off these pictures of no. the Nashville-Miami game. It's a passion. It's a passion. Exactly yeah. right. All right. We'll have the Taylor Twelman conversation coming up on the other side of the break as the Doggies win last night. That's coming up next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Muggin' St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're heading down to the pitch to talk soccer and City SC with Taylor Twelman. Talking with Twelman on 101 ESPN. Is presented by the City SC debit card. Exclusively at Together Credit Union. Welcome back. One party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you. Taylor Twelman usually with us on Tuesday. Had some uh, travel uh, rearrangements because of the hurricane in Florida. So he uh, and I were texting this morning and he said he could join us uh, via voice notes. So I sent, all right, here's, here's the four questions I got for you. Taylor and Jackson sliced them up. So I'm interviewing him, but it's recorded. I want to be honest with you. It's what you call it, transparency in media? Absolutely. Okay, here's the question. I texted him. The atmosphere at City Park last night was unlike anything fans had previously compared to because until late in the game with the two goals, it felt like City was going to fail to capitalize on having a man advantage. A draw in that spot would have felt like a loss, but they were able to eventually capitalize. And in the end, there was a sense of relief. Taylor, I ask you, what was your analysis of the play that led to the Dallas red card? The unique spot City then played in with having possession, something that they usually don't have, dominant time of possession, and the two goals that got them the three points. That is one of the more interesting red card situations you're ever going to see. It's a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, also known as dog so. So rightfully so, the referee gave the red card. Now, one could argue it's an inadvertent handball. I, I get that to a certain level, but VAR can't overchange it because it wasn't clear and obvious wrong. Now, in saying that, Berkey had to come up with a huge save. 26-minute bad giveaway from Tim Parker. He had to come up with that save. City had chances. City obviously dominated possession. You knew that's the way the game was going to go. But anytime you're up two guys, it's going to be difficult to break them down. And in my opinion, you and I talked about this at the beginning part of the year. City Park won that game last night. Hands down. The energy in that building, it forced the players to keep pushing, getting there. I thought both goals were well taken. And also both goals scored by new players. Players that Lutz Fonenstiel has found, went out, and, and both players contributing right away. All in all, three points is three points, and it's going to get difficult now with four of the next five on the road. Yeah, and that's uh, where my next question uh, went when I was texting these to Taylor as he sent the answers via voice notes. Uh, City now has a seven-point lead over LAFC with LAFC having a game in hand. And now they begin a stretch Saturday in Kansas City in which they play four or five on the road. September will put them to the test and likely determine their place in the Western Conference considering the difficulty and the matchup with LAFC that's coming up. What is the most realistic outcome for points from September at Sporting Kansas City, at LA Galaxy, at Houston uh, uh, versus uh, LAFC, and at uh, Minnesota and versus Kansas City again? Here's Taylor Twelman. 
this is the gauntlet now. This is where St. Louis City is going to determine whether or not, one, they host the playoff game, but two, more importantly, they're the number one seed. And if that group of players is not motivated by the atmosphere of what we saw last night to make sure that every home game in the playoffs is in that building, then they got to check their pulse because they're not living. Now, in saying that, look at the next five games. Not easy. And especially when you started with the rivalry, you then got LAFC coming into your place on September 20th. I expect to be in that building. I would be shocked if that game isn't for the number one seed in the West. But again, the next five games, four of those being on the road, that will tell you and I whether or not this team is capable of not only doing something in the playoffs, but doing something great. If they find a way to get two, three wins on the road, honestly, Tim, if they get four draws on the road, you would take that. That gives them real confidence heading into the playoff stretch. Uh, Taylor Twelman presented by Together Credit Union, usually every Tuesday. We're doing it here on Thursday today. Uh, Klaus got a few more minutes last night. Then on Saturday, uh, he does balance getting more minutes with making sure he stays healthy for the final month and a half before the playoffs. How does he balance getting more minutes while making sure he stays healthy? Here is Taylor Twelman. It's really a difficult one because he's been out for so long. The injury was extremely complicated. And I think Bradley Cardinal, so far, so good, is doing this right. The last thing you want to do is to rush him into high fitness, especially with the style of play that St. Louis City and Bradley Cardinal want to play. Now, in saying that, you still need Jao Klaus operating at a higher level. So at some point in the next, say, six to seven weeks, you've got to push him. You've got to push him to see where he can get. Because if you get the Zhao Klaus from the first three games of the regular season that we saw this year, now it gives you a completely different look when you need to chase a game, when you need to be on the front foot. Joe Akini has stepped in fantastic. And so 10 goals from Joe Akini and a healthy Zhao Klaus going into the playoffs, dear Lord, it's a completely different look than what you and I thought it would be at the beginning of the year. But Zhao Klaus... It's not about the physical fitness, in my opinion. It's going to be about the mental fitness of him letting it go and really testing himself to see how fit he is. And I think that's going to be a difficult one, and that's going to be a tricky one for them to navigate over the next, I'd say, four or five weeks at least, if not six or seven. Uh, and uh, the final question, and this is kind of this is something in a, in a way it's uh, it's educational, but it also kind of gets you fired up if it, if it should happen. I said, as you've said throughout the course of the season here on the show, many people in St. Louis are learning about MLS, and because of the combination of the atmosphere at City Park and the team's surprising performance in year one, getting more into it as the season progresses, what would you tell our listeners? about the MLS playoffs and what City fans can expect if slash when the playoffs come to City Park. Here's Taylor Twelman presented by Together Credit Union. Moment, but I also love what I do. Tim, what I saw last night against FC Dallas gave me goosebumps because that environment in the playoffs up another level, oh my word. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now with the potential that St. Louis City can have in the playoffs because of that home field advantage. Every single team that's played in that building has hated it 
including the teams that won there, because they know how imposing it is. Now, I just did the League's Cup final with Nashville and Inter-Miami, and Nashville had that kind of environment. Atlanta United's got 60,000-plus. It's got that. City Park is different. City Park has always been the X factor, in my opinion, in this inaugural season because they can single-handedly carry that team over the finish line the way they did against FC Dallas. There's nothing better than the MLS Cup playoffs. There's a chill in the air. There's an energy in the building. There's jeopardy. Everything about it is exciting. And if St. Louis City is at home, good luck to the rest of MLS. How about that? How about that? Love to hear it. Yeah, this Taylor Twelman. We're going to have a little something here. It's awesome. Yeah. Now you're going to have, what, undefeated Missouri hosting Tennessee in, in Florida? Yeah, now we're talking. And we're then talking. the MLS Cup yeah. playoffs in, in downtown St. Louis, the Blues starting up, and then it looks like the Cardinals might get a wild card spot, too. Yep. Everything's coming up blue. Excuse me? Everything's coming up blue, Tim. Oh, blue. I thought you said blue. Oh, no. And then I thought, well, the blues are blue, but you wouldn't know that. Right. And then I, I thought, thought the, the doggies are pink, Cardinals are red, and then the fighting tigers, yeah, it's week to week. But, uh, yeah, we are right now, we've gone from the winter of our discontent to a zenith of St. Louis sports. That's what just happened here. Wow. I thought I was going to use the best word with paradoxically. Yeah, Zenith is fun, isn't but it? But Zenith takes the cake, yeah. Tim. There you go. Uh, BK and Ferrario are up next. Uh, the Colonel will join us every Friday, brought to you by James Carlton, so he'll be with us. Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou as we relive a 38-6 to win tonight from Faroe Field over the South Dakota Coyotes. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.